There it is. Opening round. Protect yourself at all times. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. When in doubt, stick it out. Ganchos al hígado. You know where you're at, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here. Episode 9. Fired up with my co-host, partner, Rick Prado. Rick, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, doing great. Um, let me let everybody know. You know, Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Um, it's free to subscribe, free to give us a rating. If you have any comments, questions, email us at counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com. Check out our Instagram page at Pacific Coast Boxing, our Twitter at Pat Coast Boxing, and soon our website, PacificCoastBoxing.com. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you what, you know, we're coming off of the uh, Mikey Garcia interview last couple weeks. So finally kind of get back to some uh, sense of, uh, of, uh, of normality here with the podcast, yeah. right? So I know the stat of the week is back this week. Yeah, definitely back this week. Yep. We'll have, uh, again, we always have the news, but we'll have the news again. And then this week we're going to be talking about the heavyweight division. We're going to peel that back a few layers and talk about that mm -hmm. coming up today, Rick. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, used to be the biggest division in boxing. You know, today, maybe not so much. Yeah, and I think, you know, we were talking before the show about how you mentioned and you made a good point about, you know, the, the reason why the Roy Jones and the Mike Tyson mm -hmm. is even bigger and all these other comebacks, whether it's De La Hoya, Sergio Martinez, has a lot to do with the fact that there's not enough happening in the heavyweight division, which is really the glamour division of boxing. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it, it's so top heavy. You know, there's, there's a top three and it's a huge drop off. Yeah. And we're going to cover that again. It's the, you know, when you think about boxing, most people, the most casual of boxing observers, who do they remember? They remember Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. That's that's who they remember. And then they'll know the Bronx Bomber, Joe Lewis. And then they remember, uh, you know, Rocky Marciano, um, Mike Tyson, of course. Yeah. Right. Larry Holmes, depending on where you're at. But those are the guys they remember. Yeah. Most don't remember unless, you know, you start talking about the real boxing fans. They'll remember, oh, the Alexis Arguellos, right? Mm -hmm. um, even Sugar Ray Leonard, obviously, because who he was. But for the most part, you talk to most boxing fans, and some will even ask, well, you remember, we were at the uh, Fantasy Springs, mm -hmm. um, the meet and greet, and then we got to chat with Ray Mercer afterwards. Yeah. And there was a couple of fans that were asking him, did he fight tonight? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, yeah, not a good night for them. Uh, right. You know, they probably it, had a few, but uh, it uh, the heavyweight division. You know, always a glamour division. Um, casual boxing fans. You know, they always ask. You know, hey, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? Right. You know, and then right. Because that's kind of considered. You know, there's like the pound for pound mythical champion that you know that you, you depending on which. Um, news, you know, uh, outlet you're going to believe if it's ESPN, Ring Magazine, yeah. etc. But no one can deny that who sits at the top of boxing, the heavyweights, yeah. they're the biggest fighters, right? So you've got that. We're going to definitely talk about that. Um, I know we're going to get into a little bit of this in the news, or a lot of it in the news, but the um, the matchroom boxing was back at mm -hmm. the Hearns Garden, so they had their first uh, event this past weekend. And I'll tell you, not a bad fight with uh, uh, Eggington and Cheeseman. Um, actually, a very good fight, but overall, I think it went well. No, yeah, definitely a good fight. Um, I was really impressed with the setup. So far, you know, with the top rank, the Golden Boy setup. Yeah. You know, a beautiful backyard, yeah. you know, with the, with the house in the background. You know, definitely a great scene for boxing. I, I'm going to have to agree with that, right? I'm going to say if we were rating the COVID, uh, yeah. you know, uh, arenas and fighting venues, I'm going to say they're probably close to one. I thought top rank still did a good job. No, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say... Um, Golden Boy in the zone, probably three with their setup. Uh -huh. No, yeah, definitely. Just it not is. as many bells and whistles. Listen, you don't have any fans. You you lose that element, so you have to add something else. Uh -huh. And they're they're just that's just yeah the the the, the zone the Golden Boy. I'm sorry, yeah the Golden Boy, which is shown on on the zone. Not enough for me, but Hearns did it right. No, yeah, Hearns you know, is beautiful setup. Yeah, it was. Um, couple of things, right? It was knockout over the weekend. Uh, George, this was one of the Showtime fights. George levels uh, Escoduro. Think it was, you know, they're of course calling it one of the knockouts of the year. I don't know about that. I just know, and you were sent, you sent this to me during the fight on Saturday. Yeah. Why in the hell was the referee counting the guy out? It seemed like he picked up the count at five, and right. the guy was motionless. Like, right. he was, you know, it looks like he was doing leg lifts and he was just stuck in the same position. He, yeah. he counted all the way to 10. 
And that's, again, right, we've talked about how we would fix boxing. We didn't really talk about the refs much, yeah. but that's one of those. And not to mention his corner, right? Yeah. Why Why is Escudero's corner not coming in and saying, look, he's done. <laughs> he has no chance, right? He was he was literally laid out. That's what you call a That's a knockout. Yeah. Not a TKO, but that was a knockout. Horrible decision by the ref. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he's the closest one to it. He's got to be able to look at the boxer's eyes and tell this guy – that's right. He's not getting up. Yeah. And this isn't one of those situations where, hey, you know, spend three or four seconds making sure, that, you know, the opponent gets to the neutral corner, mm-hmm. right? You have to take a look at him, man, and think yeah. this guy's got no shot. Yeah, no. He was down. He was basically motionless. Um, you know, the, the only motion was to fall back to the to the ground. Yeah, and, and the thing is, right, I mean, um, and, and really it's not funny because every second counts for the safety yeah. of the fighter. Right, so every second that you don't get, you know, medical personnel in that ring attending to him, is is maybe a second that gets lost, right? So I, yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. But but either way, um, and th- and that wasn't a bad card either. Um, Angelo Leo winning the mm-hmm. WBO Junior Featherweight Title, um, with against Williams, it was going to be Stephen Fulton Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, Stephen Fulton, of course, out because of COVID. COVID. So um, it'd be interesting. I mean, uh, so that that happened over the weekend. Um, Garcia Spence looks like that's going to materialize. Yeah, yeah, they set a date for that, and uh, you know, looking forward to that one. It'll be in uh, November, but uh, we'll bring that back up in the news. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's just hot on, you know, the previous discussion with Mikey Garcia. Of course, we were talking about who could Mikey fight, and there was discussion. Remember last year, if Mikey was actually looking to fight Danny Garcia. Um, didn't happen. Now Mikey, of course, is looking for Pacquiao. I personally didn't like, and I said it in the interview, I think I said it was a risk, not so much a risk. I just think that there's more of an upside for Danny Garcia than there is for Mikey Garcia in that fight. But I get it. Mikey Garcia's got to beat another formidable welterweight in order to put himself in that title discussion again. No, yeah, definitely. And Danny Garcia's up there. Uh, He's one of the top uh, welterweights in the division. Uh, win over him would would definitely put Mikey right there. In line. It, it would not going to happen now, so we're yeah. going to have to see about that. Um, of course, we talked um, last week, and we'll talk a little bit more. Um, you know, Santa Cruz and and uh, Gervonta Davis. That's definitely going to happen. You got Pauli Malinaji, who unfortunately, right, was one of our favorite uh, uh, color commentators, uh-huh. at least from a boxer's perspective. He's now out of a job in the unemployment line, at least from a commentator's perspective. Yeah, and uh, you know, from what I'm hearing is, you know, there's going to be people to look to have him be their commentator. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. That's interesting. So we'll we'll have to follow up on that. All right, folks, got a big show, a lot of information lined up. We finally get an opportunity. Been a great last two weeks, being able to discuss and sit down with Mikey Garcia can't top that right so now we're back to really our regular format at least for this week talk news talk stat of the week and then we're going to break down the heavyweight division we'll be right back pacific goes boxing alfonso ruiz and rick prado we're back and I tell you, Rick, you know we're gonna. I know we're gonna get into the boxing news here, but boxing is a sport, a major sport, at least for us it is. And it, and I have to give, you know, you're talking about the whole setup with the Hearns Garden and the bells and whistles and lights. But another thing that boxing's done pretty well is, you know, uh, establishing the bubbles like the one at the MGM Grand with Top Rank, and the fact that although there's been fighters that have you know tested positive nothing like what you're seeing in like you know professional major league baseball with the marlins and half the team and the cardinals right yeah no the it's it's unfortunate because um i think a few people on each of those teams you know they they decide they've got to go out to the club they've got to go out to the casino and they basically ruin it for the whole team yeah, and and it, it you know again right now that's a, that's a team where a game where it's a twenty five man roster I think now it's expanded to thirty for during the COVID mm-hmm. but boxing is you know every event is an event unto itself every contest right so it's really only one fighter yeah no and um, I think over the weekend you know PBC did a good job on Showtime they had a guy training um, just in case you know somebody were to test positive in the main event where he would just step in and take the fight and. You know, Fulton tested positive. 
Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Tremaine Williams was able to step in. Yeah, they had that fight somewhat on the undercard, and he was uh, fighting. I, it's just, you know, you, you start to think, you know, can other sports take a page out of what boxing's doing? I mean, I know basketball has similar, right? They have the bubble they have that the they bubble. have in Orlando, and everything's very controlled. But, you know, baseball's going to have an issue if they don't take boxing's lead and the NBA's lead mm-hmm. with what they're doing because you're going to have entire teams – Thankfully, okay, so far we haven't had that. Now we've had some main events obviously canceled in in, uh, in boxing, but there's been pretty decent fights right behind there. Uh-huh. But we haven't had in boxing, knock on wood, right? That you know that mega fight uh-huh. yet coming out of COVID, right? For example, okay, let's just say you get the you know Lomachenko, um, Teofimo Lopez, right? Uh-huh. One of them. See there that I don't think that they're gonna substitute a fighter in that situation. I think the you know, the fight just doesn't take place. Yeah, no, and I, I think boxers do a real good job of keeping their circles, especially during training camp, keeping them small. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't hear about boxers going out to the club and hanging out, you know, where there's a bunch of people drinking. Yeah. They're focused on, you know, the fight at hand. No, you're right. It's a different sport. It's a different prep because it's one event, not, you know, 162 games or 60 games. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, again, we'll see what happens as this continues because it doesn't seem to be, you know, slowing down depending, uh, you know, what uh, what news and what uh, what information you you believe. But either way, it's, it's here and it's real. Yeah. And so fortunately, now we've lost one or two main events, but not mega fights is what I'm getting to, right? Not yeah, the main. No. Now, we'll see what happens here as we're starting to come up to some pretty big ones. But again, imagine a Fury... Uh, Wilder, okay, yeah, and then it gets postponed. Or it gets postponed. They're not just gonna throw in some other heavyweight opponent. You can't do that because that's too big a fight, too big a risk for either side on that. For example, a Wilder or a Fury to take that fight. Something happens, they don't win, right? Not not likely, but hey, you never know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'll um, it'll definitely affect the money if uh, you know there's an upset here or there. They didn't train for a certain fighter and you know an upset upset happens so yeah anyways all right so boxing let's talk news rick what's going on in the world Um, of boxing well yeah big news um the earl spence danny garcia pay-per-view uh it's going to be on fox pay-per-view uh november 21st um i'm looking forward to this one you know just because it's probably the first big fight yeah that's kind of you know on its way but um you know, it's it's definitely a fight where I think Earl Spence probably wins this fight, you know, pretty easily by decision. Well, the thing is, yeah, and I uh, I agree with that. I think yeah. um, Danny Garcia is, is is in my opinion, he's still moving up, right? His best weights, I think, were at one forty. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know, one forty seven. He loses to Keith one time Thurman. Thurman. Mm-hmm. He loses to Sean Porter. Um, some folks he thought thought he lost to uh, Mauricio Herrera. Yeah. Right at the 147. So ha- hasn't been, you know, totally impressive or at least hasn't been dominant in the welterweight division. Earl Spence, right, is more of a welterweight, probably more of a um, junior middleweight, super welterweight. Let's just call it 154. Mm-hmm. Okay. What makes this fight intriguing, of course, is the fact that this is Earl Spence's first fight since coming off the accident. Yeah. No, and it'll be good to see. Is he healthy? Is he not? Um, you know, we'll find out, you know, probably pretty quick. Yeah, because the fight, his last fight was against uh, Sean Porter, right, mm-hmm. before the before the accident. And Sean Porter gave him everything that, that he could possibly ask for in that fight. Yeah. So that's the only reason why, right, if there's, a, if there's a glimmer of hope for Danny Garcia fans, it's that. It's the fact that this is Earl Spence's first fight. He's not taking any sort of tune-up. He's going immediately to a world-class fighter. And Danny Garcia. Yeah, and I think it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of build-up Danny Garcia's dad can get into this fight, you know, because, yeah. you know, it just <laughs> seems like that's going to be the driving factor yeah. in the pay-per-views. What is he going to say? Yeah. What is he going to, you know, be yeah. able to put into this fight? Yeah, and you know, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his dad at all <laughs> and, and how he talks and yeah. how he makes himself the focus of, of that whole event. I get it, right, but it's no different than, you know, Rec ball, whether it's mm-hmm. softball, baseball, where, you know, the dad taking center stage and, you know, let your son's accomplishments speak mm-hmm. for themselves. Let you, But I get it, right? He's a proud dad. He's what he does. I get it. But you know what? 
I think it turns a lot of people off to yeah. Danny Garcia because obviously I'm a huge boxing fan and I like Danny Garcia, but because of how the dad gets involved, yeah. it makes me not be a big Danny Garcia fan. Yeah, no, you know, Dan Danny Garcia, I think uh, he lets his dad do a lot of the talking and the yeah. build up and everything. But, uh, you know, if you if you ever check out Danny Garcia's Instagram page, you know, he's very flamboyant. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of photos. That's right. Like, he thinks very highly of himself. Right. No, that's right. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't need his dad's help. Yeah, no. Right. He doesn't need his dad's help. <laughs> yeah. And it's a little different. Say, so look at, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. And there's a Virgil or, uh, Ortiz Sr., right? Mm -hmm. And Sr. Ortiz does talk and he's got social media, et cetera. But it's not the same. Right, yeah. it's not it's not that same arrogance with his son as it is with um, Danny Garcia's dad. But you know what? I like it. I like the fight. I like the matchup. I think uh, Earl Spence Jr. is too big for Danny Garcia. Uh -huh. Danny Garcia is not actually a welterweight, and I think he stays away. He boxes. Then remember, Danny Garcia is more of a counterpuncher mm -hmm. than anything else. So I think Earl Spence Jr. wins that fight in a decision. Yeah, no, it'll be a decision somewhere in the rounds. You know, maybe. Ten rounds of two, nine rounds of three, somewhere, somewhere in there. Very well, could be. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, Oscar De La Hoya. He took to social media last Friday to voice his frustration about uh, the Luke Campbell Ryan Garcia fight mm -hmm. not uh, happening yet. Uh, he was, you know, let's get this effing thing done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, uh, a lot of time has gone on. Was, was he talking to himself when he uh, was saying that? Was he looking in the mirror? Or who, who was he well, talking well, to exactly? I think I think he's talking to Eddie Hearn. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie Hearn is the one that uh, I think he's he's going to set up. Yeah, the package. Mm -hmm. He's going to set up the fight. Yeah, his venue. So I don't know if that means Ryan Garcia is going to go all the way out to England for this fight. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But um, you know, Golden Boy, they turned down the offer. wasn't enough money. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Now, Eddie Hearn, though, was saying that they weren't that far off, at least uh -huh. if you believe Eddie Hearn. What Eddie Hearn was saying yeah. today is that, yeah, there's an offer out there. They're in negotiations. Mm -hmm. And he says it's not like they're really far apart. Like So I think the fact, the thing is, right, anything to do with Ryan Garcia is going to get mm -hmm. amplified a hundredfold. Yeah. So this is regular negotiations that take place between two, two between a fight, right? Mm-hmm. It just amplified because of Ryan Garcia and because we're in COVID and because we're trying to make these fights. It's going to get done. Yeah. It has to. I think this is a situation that even or even a Ryan Garcia can't throw marbles in front of this and, and stop it because there's no fans. Uh, there's no concession. There's no revenue yeah. stream. You're going to have to take, right? There's going to be, a, he's going to have to take a cut to some extent. So it's it, it's going to happen. Yeah, and, and if he wants those bigger fights, he has to win this fight first. That's right. He's got to get past this this uh, this fight. Uh, the only thing is, you know, they're talking October, November. Yeah. You know, then that pushes our our fight mm -hmm. of Garcia and Linares. Yeah, that's right. Into, into next year. Yeah, more than like, well, now it is it yeah. is going to push it. And I'll tell you, there's um, you know, fighters have come out. Um, Teofimo uh, Lopez so talking about he sees that as a fifty fifty fight. Yeah. The Luke Campbell, Ryan Garcia, a um, couple other fighters, but they're you know obviously you know Campbell's stablemate saying he sees you know they see Campbell knocking out Garcia. Well, you know it's, it's weird how all the English fighters right believe that right. So <laughs> so I get it, but I thought it was interesting that Teofimo says that he sees that as a 50-50 uh -huh. fight. He actually sparred Luke Campbell, and he was trying to suppress mm -hmm. you know supposedly people were saying that you know Luke Campbell got the better of uh, of Teofimo. Yeah. Tufimo basically saying, please, right, yeah. <laughs> get, get, give me a break. But he does see that as a 50-50 fight. Yeah. Um, other news, um, PBC announced uh, Sean Porter. He'll fight on August 22nd versus German Sebastian Formella. Okay. And this one will be on regular uh, Fox TV. And that's good. I like Sean Porter, you know, mm -hmm. aggressive, smothering kind of uh, – um, not not the not the most um, not the normal fight style, right? Very unorthodox. Yeah. Gave Earl Spence Jr. like we I said earlier everything he could possibly imagine. Yeah. Um. So he's good. He's an entertaining fighter. Yeah, and then good to one, see him back. Yeah, this one will be, it'll take place in downtown L.A. Microsoft Theater, but it's good to see that uh, PBC they've already released their Showtime schedule. They're going to start releasing more and more fights on Fox. You know, they started with the Spence and then uh, now this uh, Porter fight. Yeah, Porter, and you know the thing is, right? It's just it seems like every fight Porter takes is is a tough fight, mm -hmm. right? There's there's no fight he takes that isn't, um, and so th this will be good. Yeah. Um, 
fights over the weekend in Thailand. Um, Sorong Visaid won his big fight. Yeah. Um, well, not big fight, but uh, he won his fight uh, yeah. and put himself back in yeah. uh, contention for another fight, maybe a Chocolatito, maybe a, a Estrada. Yeah, not yeah. not overly impressive, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won the fight, right? Uh, majority decision. Yeah. Um, but nothing that would make us believe that we'd like to see him against the top fighters in that division again. But he did win, just not super impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does make for good fights, though. You know, in, in in that division, so you know, I'd, I'd like to see him, um, you know, fight some of those, oh, those top guys. Yeah. Um, let's see. The we, we briefly discussed the uh, Cheeseman uh, Eggington fight. Yeah. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on this one? I think it was a good fight. Again, uh, yeah. For those of you who didn't watch it, and if you subscribe to the zone. Watch it. I mean, honestly, for I mean, that was a really good fight. Very entertaining. Um, and there's a story, right? Cheeseman, you know, had a gambling addiction and basically talked about, you know, if he didn't win, he was retiring. Um, and he and he beat some very very entertaining fight. The thing about that fight, though, right, is is these guys are junior middleweights, okay, or super welterweights. Mm-hmm. Sam Eggington was ranked number five coming into the fight by the WB. Uh, I'm sorry, by the IBF. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, right? Who do either one of these guys beat at that weight, right? The Charlo, you know, Jermel Charlo, um, Rosario, who's fighting Charlo. I mean, you know, Patrick Teixeira, uh-huh. n- none of them, right? Yeah, no. I mean, but, you know, you know, I, I think it was, uh, uh, who was it? I think it was Edgington. You know, he beat Pauli Malinaji at the welterweight division, right? Pauli Malinaji was obviously past his prime. But... But it was a good fight, is all I'm saying. If you're a boxing fan, good fight, very entertaining, worth watching, right? I loved it. Um, good for Cheeseman to come out with the win. But neither one of these guys, I don't think, has the skill set to make uh, any noise uh, in the um, 154 division. Certainly not with you know Julian Williams, Erickson Lubin, Jared Hurd, yeah. uh, Tony Harrison, those kind of guys hanging out there. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, no. Um... And then uh, I think to finish off the news, you know, we'll, we'll do, we can discuss the uh, not in detail, but the Malinaji uh, fallout. You know, he's no longer with Showtime. Um, he made some comments. Uh, Showtime wanted him to apologize. He refused to apologize. So he's out. Abner Mars is in. Yeah, and you know, I listened to Abner Mars <laughs> <laughs> during that telecast, right? Yeah. And again, you know, I think. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, I'm not there sitting ringside like these guys. But, you know, we had an opportunity to talk with Mikey Garcia. That's a guy that should be ringside or calling ringside, calling fights. You know, I say ringside. They're not doing it during COVID. That's a guy that phone should be ringing, right, off the hook to get as a color commentator. Because he breaks down the fights the right way. Listen, I listened to him. Maybe we're overly critical. Uh There was a couple things that I think that Abner Mares said that were somewhat insightful. Mm -hmm. And then there was things that I could have said. Yeah. And and (laughs) been more entertaining about it. And I've actually never had one professional fight. Yeah. And that's why they're there. And, uh, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt, it is his first time doing this, you know, but... Um, I've heard him on that uh, PVC right. channel, I was say and, that. and he's actually That's pretty right. good. Right, you know, he, right. He's good on there. You mm-hmm. know, maybe it's a little bit different. Calling a live fight, being yeah. able to analyze it. Um, you know, it's it's a tough job. I'm I'm just sad to see that Malinaji's out. Um, I hope he, you know, finds another uh, comment commentating job soon. Because, you know, he's one of the best voices out there right now. Yeah, we were going to do, right, and we probably should still, we were going to do who we thought was the best uh, color commentators that were former fighters or current fighters that Mm -hmm. kind of sit in that role. And so we probably still should because there's some that do it better than others. And, yeah, both of us had Pauli Malinaji as up there, if not the very best, Mm -hmm. when it comes to talking about fights. Um, So, yeah, and with Abner Mars, you're right. I think when they're doing that show on PBC, right, I don't want to say it's scripted, but it is scripted, yeah. right? Scripted in the fact that here's what we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. Abner. We're going, you know, we're going to talk about A, B, C, and D, so he has time to prepare about what his opinion is on whatever they're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, you still have to think on your feet, you know, during those, especially when they're doing interviews. But fights, right, are absolutely live, yeah. and you know, you've got your, you know, your your co-host and announcers 
handing you the mic saying, hey, Abner, what did you see there, you know, as he's slipping that left? Well, you you got to be ready to go. Yeah. Right? And he's got to be able to articulate, which is what Paul and Aji, guys like Paul and Pauli Malinaji did really well. So you're right. Let's give Abner Mars the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It was his first fight. But, okay, if folks are listening, let's also give a plug to uh, Mikey Garcia. Like somebody reach out to Mikey Garcia yeah. and give him a gig, right, with high dollars because that's the guy that should be talking about fights. No, yeah, definitely. You know, he, I think he was telling us about how he can he can look at somebody's eyes and see what um, what's going on in the fight. Even if he's not fighting the guy, he can see from the um, from the seats. You know, this guy's done. You know, this guy's getting tired. This, right. You know, he can he can break down a fight. I've watched fights actually, right? I've watched fights, uh, and you see uh, Mikey Garcia sitting ringside, mm -hmm. and you see him start barking commands and moving <laughs> his hands like do this and that. You could see it. So. Yeah. But again, you know, again, in all fairness to Abner Mars, it's not easy, right? No. It's it's not easy to sit there, whether it's ringside or whether it's at a you know studio calling a live fight, um, and maybe that's another thing too, right? Were they all together? Were they in the same physical location? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, not 100 sure on that. Yeah, because um, that's so too. Because you know the way that the top rank was doing it, right? When Bradley um, yeah. and um, I want to call him Dre, but um, Andre, Andre Ward. Ward um, they were all physically in a different location, mm -hmm. and that's not easy, right, yeah. to do that. Kind of like try to do a conference call on mm -hmm. Zoom or whatever, right? So it's hard enough, I'm saying, being live, but I think it's a bit easier because you're right next to your you know, co-host and you can kind of talk. So I don't know what the situation was with Abner Morris, but look, he was okay. You know, let, let's give yeah. him a C. Yeah, yeah, and you know, who knows how long he had you know, to get ready for this. Yeah, they could have told him two days ahead. ahead of a, time. a day or so at the yeah. most, right? Yeah. A day or so at the most. So, and and that's a good point, Rick. You know, that's a very good point. So, yeah, I mean, again, so we'll give full circle. Yeah. Let's give Abner Mars credit for stepping up, for saying yes, I'll do it. What the hell? I'll go in there. And like I said, there was some times where he made some pretty insightful comments. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's it for the news. You know, a little bit of uh, lull in the action. There's there's not much going on this week. Um, I think it'll start picking up towards the, the end of August. Yeah, I will say one thing um, that that caught my attention in the news also was, uh, you know, David Benavides, who's got the fight coming up with uh, with Angulo here at the end of the month, and he basically was being asked about, you know, what's next? Don't look ahead, da da da. But he, you know, he started putting messages about Canelo, right? Yeah. Basically saying, hey, here I am, right? I've got the WBC um, super middleweight belt at 168. Um, which Canelo had at one point and then, you know, went up and won the light heavyweight yeah. uh, championship. Um, so I, I think that was good. Don't know if he'll do it. Um, David Benavides is PBC, yeah. I believe, right? PBC has done fights with um, with Golden Boy. Yeah, it would be a great fight. You know, I think a, a lot of people will wanna, would want to see it. Um, I think um, right now maybe – the average boxing fan doesn't know Benavides. Yeah. You know, and so maybe that's a little bit of hesitation. But, uh, you know, then again, Canelo's going to fight Callum Smith, you know, maybe. We still don't know, yeah. right? We didn't even touch about that. <laughs> yeah. It still goes, you know, we get to John Ryder a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Billy Joe said no. Um, yeah, now it looks like that September date may come and go with, with no Canelo fight. Yeah. And um, if you look at it now, Rick, we're, you know, six weeks away. And, you know, we, we, we didn't touch on it, but... Um, I was I was thinking, you know, that uh, Roy Jones Tyson yeah. fight yeah. was supposed to be the same weekend. What if right. what if it was the same weekend? Yeah. Um the Canelo, you know. So I don't think it's gonna happen September twelfth. Yeah. I you know, I think it right at this point it's it's too late. It'll get pushed off. Um Well it's absolutely too late yeah. now. It's absolutely too late for that weekend because like I said, it's you know, you're talking about six weeks away. Yeah. If you need an eight week training cap, which is standard, um, you would have started it a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So you're you're absolutely right. September twelfth would have been the weekend. September twelfth, you're right. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones yeah. Jr. So that is going to definitely conflict with whatever fight was going to take place, yeah. and probably right from a strategy perspective is why they made that fight. Yeah. yeah. Traditionally, the big you know Mexican Independence Day um, Mexican fighter usually fights on that day. If you look mm -hmm. around at the posters here, you'll see a lot of fights that happen in September. Yeah. So that's that's pretty that that's a good call out right there that uh, that fight's now taking center stage. So we have to sit and wait for Canelo. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, folks. Good stuff on the news. We'll be right back. We're going to be breaking down the heavyweight division. And then we got the stat of the week. We'll be right back. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, protect yourself at all times, folks. We're back. Going to talk about the heavyweight division, Rick. But, you know, one of the things uh, before we get into the heavyweight division, the whole Manny Pacquiao, you know, we was, there's news, right? There's been stuff about him and Conor McGregor. It's like everybody's rumored to fight Conor McGregor. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Conor re- responded back in uh, Tagalog saying that uh, he, he accepts, you know, the yeah. offer. They have the the same uh, management team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's talk that a fight between the two of them could take place, you know, which unfortunately would probably do well yeah. on pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, Manny has a big following. McGregor has a big following. But I don't expect this to be very competitive. No, and again, I guess, we you know, we didn't cover it because it's it's boxing. Obviously, Manny Pacquiao, one of the greatest yeah. boxers of our time, and he's still boxing, but... See it to believe it, but you know, unfortunately, right, you could see that taking place, and then you see a guy like you know Mikey Garcia not getting his opportunity mm-hmm. when he should, and you know, actual boxers, right, yeah. actual guys that have put in the time, not a Conor McGregor. And you're right, Conor McGregor is not going to beat Manny Pacquiao. No, Hi- highly doubt it. Still doesn't have. Here's the thing, right, and and Conor McGregor, um, you know, when's the last time he fought? Period, right? Yeah. It was against Cowboy or something? Was it earlier yeah. this year? Before that, long layoff. You just imagine trying to go twelve rounds. And then I think he's in a contract dispute with the, with the UFC, so yeah. that's why you know he's just getting his name back out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. This. It's just it's a farce, man. Like let's stick to boxing. I mean, Manny yeah. Pacquiao, your people, if you're listening, make the fight happen with Mikey Garcia. Sure, you know, let's see if we can weather the storm of this COVID. And mm-hmm. I, I tell you, that fight guaranteed. Imagine that fight at the Staples Center. Yeah, it yeah. sell out. Yeah, well, I, Easy. I, I I would even think, uh, you know, maybe the brand new um, Rams Vegas. home. Oh, in the Rams, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's Rams right. Home, that's Raiders exactly home. right. That's exactly um, right. You know, fortunately, they, they put out the release that the the Raiders are one of the teams that's already decided they're not going to have any fans yeah. in the stands yeah. for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it you know, it might be a while before you're able to stage a fight. Yeah. There. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, that whole thing, that's why we didn't get into it, folks, if you're wondering, why aren't they bringing up Manny? Because, you know, it's not a reality yet, yeah. and that's not that's not really a fight or a boxing match. That's just a contest. That's like these YouTube fights that they're having, Nate Robinson against that YouTube guy. It's like, give me a break, you know? Yeah. That's exactly what's wrong with boxing, by the way, and that's exactly why they get such um, attention, because we're not getting the best fighters fighting the best. We've mm-hmm. talked about that before. That's why we get all the Roy Jones, the Mike Tyson, and all this other crap, right? Yeah. When we should really be talking about real fighters, you know, in real fights, yeah. not this, not this garbage. But um, I don't know if that's a good segue into yeah. the heavyweight division. <laughs> the, heavyweight <laughs> the garbage, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not necessarily garbage, but you talked about it um, heading into this. So, heavyweight division. Okay, so we're going to talk about all of the top fighters that we believe are at the top of the heavyweight division, mm-hmm. even though you know it, it is top-heavy, no pun intended. So sitting at the top, of course, you've got Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. So Anthony Joshua holds the championships in the WBA, IBF, and WBO. And then, of course, the WBC champion is Tyson Fury. So you've got Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder. So those would be the when we talk about the top three. Yeah. Correct? Definitely the top three. Uh, Tyson Fury, you know, is only one of the three still undefeated. Yep. Um, you know, he he beat uh, Wilder, and um, is rumored to have you know scheduled fights against Joshua. Right. Um, but you know, fights have to take place before we get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the three that when we say it's top heavy, and we'll get back to them, and then and then there's the best of the rest. Okay. So again, you got Fury, Joshua, D. Uh, Deontay Wilder, and then you got the best of the of the rest, which is, and this is in no particular order. Um, you got Louis Ortiz, you have um, Andy Ruiz, you got Usek, Pulev, um, and Dylan White. Okay, now you got Man- Manuel Char, who's the WBA, the champion as well. 
Um, so I guess we can throw him into the mix. But those are really the top guys. And then Daniel Dubow. Daniel Dubow, though, a little young, only 14-0, and 0, so not sure if he's quite there yet. But in this heavyweight division, why not? Yeah, no, you, and you know you're in trouble when, you know, Areola's still, you know, ranked in the top seven in any <laughs> of the uh, organizations. Um, it's, you know, there's the top three, then there's a drop-off, there's about four or five that, you know, maybe the next tier, but then after that, there's, you know, it's an even bigger drop-off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at the, uh, you know, look at the IBF, for example, and again, this goes back to what we talked about and how we would fix boxing with way too many divisions. Charles Martin is ranked number two by the IBF. Mm-hmm. No way. Okay, Charles Martin has no business being ranked probably in the top 15. Yeah. But there's nobody else out there, so what are you going to do? Yeah. I it, mean... <laughs> the, the, and there are some interesting fights to, to be made. You know, I, I would like to see a Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz fight, you know, just to see, okay, who's, who's next in line after the top three get done battling? each other you know there's 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 some good fights to be made so let's talk about that so you're right that's one of the fights i think that could be made a lewis or lewis ortiz Mm -hmm. and andy ruiz um both with pbc yeah correct yeah so again check you you start removing the promotional out of the way money again that should be a check i mean ruiz Mm -hmm. has got to be looking for a fight he's got to be looking to redeem himself after that horrible um performance against joshua in the second fight um, Louis Ortiz, he's looking to fight anybody, right? Yeah, Again, yeah. one of the most avoided fighters in the heavyweight division. Wilder's the only guy that was willing to fight him twice. And and, and he was beating Wilder before he got that's hit. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's a fight. There's no reason why that fight shouldn't take place. Would love to see that fight. No, yeah, I would love to see it. Um, I actually honestly wouldn't be able to pick a, a winner right now. But you know, well, and because part of it is which Andy Ruiz comes yeah. comes into fight. Yeah. If it's the first Andy Ruiz who's hungry, who's in shape. Now, if you believe and watch him on social media, it, he does look physically better. No, he does. So you know, if we believe that fight, and but even there, and even then, Louis Ortiz is is no. Um, it's, it's tough. He's tough. He can box. He's a left hander, right? Yeah, he had control, and Andy Ruiz doesn't have dynamite in his hands. Um, like Deontay Wilder. Yeah. So he's not going to be able to KO him with one punch the way Wilder and Ortiz almost had Wilder out in, yeah. in their first fight. And, you know, Ortiz, he's got that uh, Cuban background, yeah. amateur background. Exactly. So he's a good fighter. You he knows, know, he how, knows to how to box. He knows yeah. how to box. He's a professional. So that, again, Wilder's really the only one that's been able to, to take him out. Yeah. Right? So that's a fight we think that should take place. So you got Dylan White, by the way, that's going to fight Alexander Povotkin here at the end of the at the end of the month, I believe. Okay. Uh, Povotkin is ranked number nine by the WBC, not ranked anywhere else. Both of them uh, have lost to uh, to Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. So that's a decent fight. If nothing else, it's at least two top ten heavyweights. Yeah. Winner of that uh, wins, of course, the WBC interim championship the infamous interim championship which just means they're next in line for a championship but you know if you play that out let's say dylan white beats pavatkin which he probably will Mm -hmm. he beats pavatkin which would mean that he should be next in line to fight tyson fury but of course if fury fights deontay wilder and beats wilder he's going to immediately move to two fights with anthony joshua And from what they're saying, it's a two-fight deal. So does that mean that Tyson Fury then has to, you know, leave the WBC belt? I I, I don't see the WBC doing that. Yeah, no, and and, and a lot of these heavyweights are going to have to wait. You know, it. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury fights Joshua twice, probably in in twenty twenty one. You know, another fight with Tyson Fury probably doesn't happen until twenty twenty two. No, that's right. That's right. So maybe, right? You know, maybe it's one of those like, look, you win. Say Dylan White wins. Maybe Dylan White fights the loser of the Tyson Fury Mm -hmm. and Deontay Wilder fight. That's probably more feasible. I don't see. This is just me. I know a lot of folks are saying, oh, it's going to be a different outcome. If Tyson Fury comes in in anywhere close to the shape he was for the Mm -hmm. first fight, he beats Deontay Wilder again. No, yeah, I definitely definitely think so. Um, I think uh, he came in really strong for the last one, and now— you know, Deontay Wilder never really had any doubt in his head. Mm-hmm. Now that he's he's been beaten, he's been knocked down, he's been knocked out. Right. There's doubt. 
And yeah, oh no, absolutely. And remember, Tyson Fury didn't come into the first fight at 100% physically, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of still making his way back. Everybody wasn't yeah. sure what to expect. And you know, we remember what happened. Yeah, he got knocked out, almost out, I should mm-hmm. say, in in the last round, but was was bringing it to Wilder. Yeah. Second fight absolutely demolishes him. I don't see Wilder winning the the third fight even if he lands his best right. I just don't see it. I think there's too much confidence. So, again, I'd like to see, okay, since we're in that WBC lane, Dylan White beats Pavotkin, have Dylan White fight Wilder. Wilder's going to need another fight anyways. And if he's legit, have him fight him. No, yeah, definitely. You know, if if not uh, Dylan White, then, uh, you know, maybe the if Andy Ruiz wins his fight against Louis Ortiz, we don't need to see another Louis Ortiz-Wilder fight. No. But if Andy Ruiz wins that fight, Andy Ruiz, Wilder, you know, I think that would make for an interesting fight. There, there's another one that's exactly right, right? And it's kind of like the it's kind of like the welterweight division where, uh, you know, where PBC has a lot of the welterweights. PBC has a lot of these heavyweights, yeah. right? Um, so, no, you're absolutely right. That's another entertaining mm-hmm. fight. Another, And probably wouldn't have been a bad fight to take before the Fury fight, but I understand Wilder wanting to fight Fury again. But you're right, because win or lose, I think Deontay Wilder still has a name, still has the knockout, right? So why not? Other guys that we talked about, Rick. Um, so, of course, Ant- Anthony Joshua, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a fight coming up, I thought. Yeah. Uh, i trying to see here. They, they haven't uh, finalized it as yeah. of yet. Yeah. I thought he had a fight coming up, but I think... Either way, right? They're they're basically he's almost like in a holding pattern, waiting mm-hmm. for for Tyson Fury, yeah. essentially because they're assuming you know Fury's going to beat Wilder at the end of this year, and then they've got you know the two mega fights with uh, with Tyson Fury mm-hmm. is essentially what what they're looking at. Yeah. I I thought they were looking at scheduling him something early. No, yeah, I think it's uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, Kubrat Pulev. Oh, Pulev. For, for December. Right, which is, again, which is um, not a bad fight, right? Pulev mm-hmm. was one of the guys we talked about, right? So Pulev, 28-1. His only loss was to uh, Vladimir Klitschko. Mm-hmm. So that's that's not a bad fight. Yeah, okay? no, you know, I, I think Joshua wins that fight, but, uh, you know, it'll make for... Pulev is a tough guy. You know, it'll, um, it'll tough. be interesting. He's only lost once. He's 28-1, yeah. uh, ranked 11 by the WBA. Not sure if he's ranked by the uh, by the other divisions, but again, not not a bad fight. Okay, yeah. um, you got Usek. Usek seventeen and zero, another matchroom guy. He's ranked number one. Okay, mm-hmm. and he's got a fight coming up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Usek. Um, I think he's if he wins his fight, you know, he gets a bigger fight. You know, I don't know if he's going to get Joshua. You know, a lot of these heavyweights are going to have to wait till twenty twenty two. They're going to have to take on each other. See who who's in line for that twenty twenty two shot. Yeah, but he's a, he's a, but he's another matchroom guy Not also, yet. right? So he could get a Joshua fight, you know. But you know, Joshua's got to come out of it, you know, still with his titles. Yeah, but it's another interesting, right? So Usyk seventeen and zero, another option for Louis Ortiz, right? Mm-hmm. For Andy Ruiz. Um, so you've got you've got these other options, right? Yeah. Usek and Andy Ruiz would not be a bad fight. No, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad fight. Um, it'll be interesting, you know. Usek, you know, coming up, you know, it's probably going to be anywhere from two ten to two fifteen. Yeah, you know, when he when he fights. Yeah. Uh, who knows? You know, a, a slim down Andy Ruiz. You know, where where, where is he going to fight at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's you know. So there's again, folks, a tough thing because you start looking down further on the yeah. heavyweights. If, and you start getting into now. I said Daniel Dubow, fourteen and zero, okay, young, just you know, maybe maybe too early, yeah, to um to really start putting them with those names. But you know what? In 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 this case, maybe not. Yeah, no, you know, it'll be. Uh, I think he'll make for some good fights in this division. Um, you know, I I keep wanting to go back, and you know, we never got this fight, but I think in in twenty twenty two, regardless of how it shakes out, you know, a Wilder Joshua. Yeah, you know, they've been building that fight, and we're expecting that fight to happen. Yeah, I think twenty twenty two, if Joshua's the champ, not the champ, I think that yeah. fight has to happen. I think people want to see it. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great point, right? That's a great point because we've talked about how styles make fights, mm-hmm. right? And so what we're saying, really, right? And it's a great point. I'm glad you bring it up. Is that even if Deontay Wilder loses to Fury, mm-hmm. I still may have Wilder favored against Anthony Joshua. You could. 
Yeah. You right. Know, it, it, uh, you know, if Andy Ruiz can knock out Anthony Joshua, right. you know, Wilder can too. Right. Yeah, he yeah. can reach him. And Andy Ruiz is what, all of maybe six feet, I mm-hmm. think he's listed at. Wilder's what, six, 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 seven. Yeah. Right, he'd be staring eye to eye with Anthony Joshua. No, I agree, and we already see what happens. I mean, Klitschko almost had Anthony Joshua out. Yeah, Ruiz took Joshua out. So you're telling me that if Wilder lands one of his patented right hands, Anthony Joshua is still going to be there? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. It's why I believe, right, when he's focused and when he's ready, and there's no, um, there's no indications that he's not that Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight. Yeah, no, yeah, by far. Um, I think if, uh, you know, we want to see these fights, but uh, I don't I don't see Anthony Joshua knocking out Tyson Fury. You know, I can see it no. the other way. I can see Tyson Fury, you know, winning its, a decision against Joshua. Uh, but, yeah, the, Tyson Fury, by far, class of the... Of I, the I see it actually being an easy fight. Yeah. I see it being an easier fight, in fact, than Wilder because Wilder still has, right... That he's like that home run hitter, right? Mm-hmm. He could be 0 for 3, right? Look horrible in yeah. three at-bats. But pitcher misses location, yeah. right? Squares up on it, and it's gone. All of a sudden, he's 1 for 4, and the line doesn't look too bad anymore. Yeah. And I think it's the same way. Anthony Joshua doesn't have that same, at least not that we've seen, right? That tremendous, you know, KO. He couldn't take Ruiz out, although he pretty much was just fighting not to get knocked out and to outbox him. Yeah, and that, and that's the... That's the concern with Joshua is is he was avoiding, you know, being able to throw the punches. And when he gets in with a Wilder or a Fury, they're going to be able to catch him. They are. They're yeah. his height. They're his reach. He can't just move around and outbox these guys. He's not Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. where he can just stick out, stick that jab out and dance around them. That's not what he does. Yeah. He's not big enough. He's not not big enough. He's not quick. He's not mobile enough to do that. So, no, you're right. And that's why, see, that's the whole thing about the heavyweight division. And hopefully with Deontay Wilder, um, don't get me wrong, right? I would love to see him come back better against Tyson Fury. I just don't see it. I just think it's a bad matchup. I think Tyson Fury is a bad matchup for any heavyweight when he comes in and looks the way he did against uh, Wilder in the second fight, Rick. Yeah, no, it, um, you know, you're going to need a guy with a, with a really strong chin. And, um, you know, Joshua doesn't have that. Um, and Wilder, you know, doesn't look like he has that either. So, you know, it's going to be hard for Tyson Fury unless Tyson Fury doesn't take the training camp, yeah. you know, seriously. That's right. Starts putting a bunch of weight on, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, you worry about, you know, that side of it. But if, but if he comes in focused, he, he's yeah, there's no way. And here's, here's another couple fights, right? We talk about Anthony Joshua and, you know, the fact when he was exposed against Andy Ruiz, Louis Ortiz and Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. Tell me that wouldn't be a good fight. No, oh, yeah. And I don't have Anthony Joshua um, favored, if he is, not by much. Yeah. No, right? Yeah, the only thing with Louis Ortiz, I think he's getting close close to 40. He's getting he's up not there. already there. Yeah, he's getting up you there. And then, um, you know, age eventually is going to catch up to him. But, um, you know, that's... We'll see how he does in a Andy Ruiz fight, or you know whoever they're going to put him in. Yeah, now he got in great shape for yeah. uh, for the second fight against Wilder. Mm-hmm. He was in tremendous shape, and yeah. again, outboxing, leading, but then eventually we knew it was going to happen. Wilder yeah. was going to land the punch, but Wilder's one of the few heavyweights that has that thunder in his hand. Yeah. All the other heavyweights, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, right? It's the whole. Um, politics and everything else, it's kind of a traffic jam. So the way it looks right now, realistically, is Tyson Fury fights Wilder, probably beats Wilder, mm-hmm. my opinion, um, and then next year fights Anthony Joshua twice, and those are the heavyweight fights we see next year. Yeah, those would be the big ones. And then, um, you know, 2022 is when right. it look at interesting. Right, maybe, like we said, maybe next year at some point we can look at, you know, maybe the, the Andy Ruiz, the... Mm-hmm. Um, the Ortiz fights, right? I mean, they were even talking about, you know, Chris Ariola, who, like you said, all of a sudden ranked number seven by the WBA. Yeah. Don't ask me how, although we love Chris Ariola, local local kid, right? Yeah. Love the heck out of him. Had an opportunity to chat with him a couple times uh, at the uh, at the fights and then in Pechanga. Good, good human being. I don't know if he should be ranked seven, but him and Andy Ruiz yeah. probably would be an entertaining fight. I actually wanted to see, uh, and I know he lost, uh, Adam uh, Adam Konaki, mm-hmm. 
right? He lost his last fight, but they, that was looking it was going to be an interesting fight because that was a good fight against Ariola, uh-huh. but Konaki and Andy Ruiz would be a good fight. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the, these uh, fighters need to start knocking each other off and uh, you know see who's going to set themselves up. Yeah, so there you go, folks. It's the heavyweight division. If you listen to what we were talking about, there was really about seven or eight heavyweights, yeah. which is really how it should be. Now, other divisions, and I can make a case, Rick, that every division only has you know seven or eight, et cetera. Yeah. But in this division, like you've said, it's top-heavy in that we've got those top three, and then there's everybody else. And, yeah. and, and I do believe, by the way, that Fury, Wilder, and Joshua— I, you know, I said maybe Ortiz would have a shot against AJ. The fact is, if you were asking me to lay money down, I would lay money on Fury, Joshua, and Deontay Wilder against most, if not all, mm-hmm. of the other heavyweights that we just mentioned. No, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's very top-heavy, those top three. Then there's the second tier of just a few fighters, and then it's it's a huge drop-off after that. Yeah, because the other divisions, right, before we start getting emailed and, oh, geez, well, every division's only got, you know, seven, eight top fighters— that's true, but it's a lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you've got the lightweight division where it's a toss-up, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. You've got Teofimo and Lomachenko, but there's a lot of other guys there. Yeah. No. Right. You, you, that, that, that can beat you, them. You can probably name off about ten, ten good right. fighters. Or right. Who, if they're not there yet, will get to that point where they're going to be the top. And of, of and and we could talk about how those fights would be competitive, right? Yeah. We don't know. Um, you know, can Jorge Linares, you know, Ryan Garcia, maybe he could beat Lomachenko, right? You got all these other fighters there. The heavyweight division, not not so much. Yeah. So, but there you go, folks. That's what's going on in the Glamour division. We had to cover it, Rick, since we started this show a couple months ago on episode nine. We finally got to it. A lot going on. We're gonna come right back with the stat of the week. All right, Pacifico's Boxing, we're back, coming off of the heavyweight division discussion. Of, and I'll tell you, Rick, you know, we didn't necessarily touch on that, but the whole heavyweight division, it's it's always interesting because you you go from the different eras, right? You go from the, let's just go far, as far back as Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. he dominated, and then you get to Larry Holmes, right, and he dominated. And what I'm getting to is that the thing about the heavyweight division is um, – it's it's almost like it's more intriguing when you've got that one guy that's unbeatable. Yeah. Right? Like that beast. Again, Muhammad Ali, you know, easily the greatest of all time. And then you go to Larry Holmes, like him, hate him, love him, whatever. He was he still cleaned out the heavyweight division mm-hmm. for quite a while. And then you get to Mike Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. Baddest man on the planet. And uh-huh. he was rolling through folks until the Buster Douglas debacle. And then the Lennox Lewis era. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Yeah, and you get to these these fighters, and um, the big hype of the pay per view is, you know, is this finally going to be the guy that's able to, you know, take this guy out? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right, and that's why we watch. Right? Yeah. You never know. Sometimes we knew that it was just, you know, the, the sacrificial lamb, mm-hmm. but sometimes you never know. That's right. And you had like with Mike Tyson, especially, you know, in the middle when you started fighting competitive fights. Same with Larry Holmes. Same with Muhammad Ali. And that's why today's heavyweight division, it kind of lacks that because we've got three mm-hmm. and we don't really know, right? Because AJ was floored by and floored by Andy Ruiz, mm-hmm. not just beat by decision, floored by him, and then came back and kind of pity patted his way to a decision. Yeah. And then you've got um um Tyson Fury, right? Who came off the deck, you know, like the Undertaker yeah. and you know, draw and then he cleans out Wilder. Wilder, who's knocked everybody out, but gets knocked out himself, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I think what the heavyweight division needs, it needs Fury to beat Wilder again. Uh-huh. Maybe in even, I don't know how you can do it in a more convincing fashion than what he already did, but beat him again, beat Joshua, and then we truly have the best heavyweight. But at that point, here's the problem. Um, no spring chicken Fury, right? So yeah. let's say he beats Wilder, and then he beats Fury next year. How many years of a heavyweight reign would he really have? Uh, maybe two, three years, and then you know maybe somebody's built up to be able to beat him by then. Right. Um, but uh, you know it's going to take a while to develop some of the prospects. You know. Right. 
to get to that point. So, I mean, and, and hopefully it does, but see, but that's what it needs, right? The heavyweight mm. division is not one of those divisions that thrives by having four, five, six, seven competitive guys. The heavyweight division in boxing in general, like you said earlier, when people ask you walking down the street or at the fights, whatever, yeah. who's the heavyweight champ? Yeah. What are they really asking? Who's the guy? And, you know, I think, uh, you know, heavyweight division probably could have been in a better place had Tyson Fury... After he beat Klitschko, didn't go through the whole depression. Right. About, you know, put on a bunch of weight. Mm -hmm. If he was dominating for those, you know, year, two years while he was out, you know, maybe we're looking at this division a little bit, you know, differently. He's exactly the guy, right. He's the guy that everybody's trying to beat. Everybody's lining up trying to beat. Um, you know, the other side is, you know, what if what if Wilder would have beaten Fury and beaten right. Fury twice? Right. You know, now we're looking at a. Deontay Wilder, who's who's beaten everybody except for Anthony Joshua, and undefeated, and people are going to be lining up to take him out. And that that's the thing, right? It's a great point. And he was that guy. He was. He was that guy. And I don't think that there was a. Uh, I don't know. Was there a rematch clause on either side? If uh, if Wilder beats Fury, is there was there a rematch clause for Fury? Um, I don't believe so. I think it was a one fight right. deal, and then they kind of uh, they decided to add on the other two. But we for but I'm talking about Wilder and Fury. But Wilder had Wilder had the rematch clause, yeah. Yeah. right? Because I think he he was the champ at that point, right? Yeah. So so that's the thing. But yeah, but Wilder if Wilder if, yeah if Fury doesn't get up, mm -hmm. and Wilder knocks him out, the next fight is Fury. I'm sorry, the next fight is Wilder and Joshua. Yeah, Wilder beats him, and we're talking about Wilder as the baddest man on the planet, and the Wilder era has begun. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. It doesn't happen. Fury obviously beats Klitschko, gets out of shape, and that's that. And that's why yeah. we're at where we're at. Yeah. We don't have that true heavyweight, mm -hmm. you know, champion that that we that the heavyweight division needs. Not so much, right? See, people don't get as excited. Why? You know, Canelo Alvarez, right? Pound yeah. for pound, supposedly the best fighter. Yes, but it's why it doesn't get as much because he's a middleweight. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think kind of the same deal, what made Mayweather so popular mm -hmm. was everybody ordered the pay-per-view. I think more people ordered that pay-per-view because they wanted to see him lose. Of course. Than to see of him Of course, win. that's right. You know, and right. I think that that started with the heavyweight division where there's mm -hmm. that dominant heavyweight. Right. And we're waiting to see who can dethrone the yeah, it's an event. It's an event. Is this is this the one that's going to happen? Is this the time? And we don't have that. We have several of them. The heavyweight division needs a clear-cut, dominant fighter that is unbeatable, or at least that we perceive to be unbeatable, yeah. kind of like the Superman. And so, yeah, if, if Fury can beat Wilder again, which he should, and mm -hmm. then he beats Anthony Joshua, and then it looks like there's a rematch clause, so he has to fight Joshua again and beats him, yeah, then he's got maybe a couple of years if mm -hmm. if he stays focused. Yeah. So, anyways, Rick, um, stat of the week, and maybe it's a good segue into your stat of the week. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll keep it with the heavyweights. And then, um, you know, a lot of people have been asking about, you know, what about the stat of the week? You know, two weeks it's been gone, and, you know, but no, finally it's back, you know, so everybody relax. Yeah, I know. And, um, and and by the way, we haven't gotten to the email bag. We have received some emails. We've just been so busy, folks, yeah. with, with different things. But please continue to email us, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. Um, I think what we'll do, Rick, and maybe this is a teaser for next week, is maybe just have a segment of just open emails mm -hmm. that have been sent to us, maybe even a caller or two. Yeah, no, no. Just, that, just that, so you guys can great, hear yeah. all the fans. But, um, yeah, but the stat of the week yeah, please. Okay. We've been missing it, Rex. What's yeah. going on? Um, so, fewest punches thrown in a 12-round fight, you know, which is a championship fight uh, during the CompuBox era, mm -hmm. which is 231 by Vladimir Klitschko uh, when he fought Tyson Fury. Uh, he, he, that's an average of 19 punches a round, only landed four of those per round, and uh, he ended up losing that fight. Yeah, and I remember that fight. And by the way, shocker, I was going to say that the fewest punches in a round um, <laughs> is in the heavyweight division, yeah. right? So not not too surprised about that, right? It mm -hmm. should come from the heavyweight division, but that is an extremely low output, man. Y yeah, and uh, you know, definitely caught him or cost him in this fight. Uh, Tyson Fury threw three hundred and seventy one, so he out he out punched him by one hundred and forty. I mean, you you could shadow box throwing yeah. more than nineteen punches a round. Yeah, it's almost. Like he, I, I, and I remember that fight. It yeah. was it was anemic. It's yeah. like, what is he doing? 
Remember that fight? in cruise control, yeah, it was, it was terrible to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible to watch. It's like, I mean, the whole point of boxing is to yeah. throw hands and, and, and hit your opponent. I, I, yeah, that that's funny. So 19 punches around. 19 punches around. Think about that. 19, you could break that down by, so by the minute, right? Uh-huh. By the minute, that's like six something, six yeah. punches a minute. Wow. Right? So, yeah, so every minute he was throwing six punches. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's nothing. That's, and so if he, you know, and who knows, he may have thrown 19 punches in the first two minutes. So uh, there's nothing in the third. You get the point. Like, holy smokes. Serving his energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy, man. So 19 punches around. I mean, yeah, four per minute. How many total you said? Well, 231 for the fight. 231 for the fight. Yeah. yeah. And we get fights where, you know, what was the, uh, where there's like several hundred thrown. I mean, there's obviously right. There's yeah. fighters that throw more than that one round. Yeah. No, I think uh, right. <laughs> our first stat of the week was yeah. Jesus uh, Carras. Carras, yeah. And he threw you know maybe thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. Right. In the in a fight. Right. And that was a ten round. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing. This is a ten round full championship fight, yeah. man. That is crazy. It yeah. had to be the heavyweight division, and then of course it had to be that of a sleeper and again that's the one like you said he you know uh, fury beats him kind of a surprise unfortunately does nothing after that there you go folks stat of the week rick we've missed it now folks can say hey so all you got to do is throw more than six punches uh around yeah i'm three six punches a minute yeah to beat the pace so that you don't show up on the wrong side of a record yeah right all you want to do all right folks we'll be right back pacific coast boxing Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado back. I'll tell you, Rick, I feel like we're we're like in that lull. Okay, now last week we had some fights, but we were we're coming off of the really great cards that Top Rank was really we were getting spoiled with with mm-hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays, kind of the summer show or the summer event. I forget what they called it, but yeah. that the was series, the yeah. summer series. Yeah, really good, right? Yeah. Getting those fights Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Matchroom now is coming back. Um, you know, the zone or match, uh, Golden Boy. We're starting to see some fights, and then I'd say in the next four weeks or so, um, we're gonna start to see some of the bigger fights. We got the Charlo Derevchenko fight coming up, um, Lenares. So really setting up to be a good month. Um, got a lot of good stuff coming up next week, Rick. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we're gonna go through um, a lot of the emails that we've been getting. You know, um, if you have any emails, any comments, questions, uh, email us at counterpunch at pacificoastboxing.com. Yeah, now's the time, by the way. So we've got some emails. We didn't do any today. We didn't do any over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I wasn't going to disrespect Mikey Garcia and say, sorry, we got to take a break and go to emails. Um, so we want to get to the emails. A lot of you guys have asked a lot of different questions, just things uh, or take. Um Still working on a fighter, Rick. May have a uh-huh. fighter next week. We definitely have a um, a live caller that we're going to have that wants to talk boxing with us and wants to give uh, feedback on a couple of things. I had a chance to talk with them offline. Very knowledgeable. That's going to be interesting coming yeah. up. We've got um, all of the boxing news. Like I said, we're going to start to really dissect some of these fights that are coming up in the near future. Gervonta Davis um, and Leo Santa Cruz. A little bit out there, but the ones that are coming up, um, I'm really interested. The Charlo Derevchenko, uh-huh. I think that has an opportunity to be a competitive fight. No, yeah, definitely. I think once we start getting into the the more competitive fights, where you know we can actually have a discussion. You know, this person might win, this person might win. Um, a lot of the fights we've had, you know, haven't been, you know, fifty fifty fights, sixty forty fights. You know, it's it's, um, you know, a lot of fights we've seen. Yeah, you know, the uh, Sinisa fight was uh, hundred to one. Yeah, 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 and we saw that was shouldn't have been hundred to one. <laughs> but you've got yeah, I got a decent uh, female fight coming up. The women uh-huh. are you know next week Terry Harper and Natasha Jones. Um, you've got like you said, you Sean Porter coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight at the end of the month. You got Carl Frampton. He's fighting at the middle of the month, by the way, on ESPN. He's moving up in weight at junior lightweight. I think junior lightweight is too heavy for Carl Frampton. Carl Frampton is the one who um, he beat Leo Santa Cruz, and then he lost to him in the rematch. Uh, Michael Conlon, of course, yeah. Irish Michael Conlon, yeah. right? 
Uh, so, and then the David Benavides fight is in two weeks against uh, Romer uh, Angulo. Don't okay. think that'll be super competitive, but at least it's going to give us a, uh, an idea of where David Benavides is. Mm-hmm. So, again, folks, we've got a lot of the fights that are finally coming up. Some of the big fights, Dylan White and Alexander Povatkin coming up here in the next three weeks. And then, of course, Sergio Maravilla Martinez making his uh, comeback on August 22nd. So we're going to start getting into these fights. Um, uh, Linares, Fortuna, working on some stuff there. You got Marlon Esparza that comes back on that card, Rick. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, you know that's a stacked card. You know, there's there's a lot of fighters on that um, on that card. You know, I, I just can't wait until you know the end of the year when we start getting you know some of these bigger fights. Yeah, and again, we talked about it last week, right? You, they they got to have these. They got to go through um, again. You know, it's it's the rarity is that we're getting. Um, Earl Spence against Danny Garcia yeah. in the very first fight. We'll see when they make that. End of the month, by the way, probably the best fight, Jose Ramirez against Victor uh, Postol. So we, we, we definitely have to cover that one. Yeah, no, definitely looking forward to that one. That one's been postponed twice, and uh, you know, hopefully you know, it takes place. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's a wrap for today. Pacific Coast Boxing. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. Good evening, and we'll talk to you guys soon.